Well, welcome to Emmaus Way. In this second week of a second season of the year, and really like the first week of doing this adult offering things in this particular way, and clearly we're not real good at it yet. We're going to have to figure out how to get from one thing to another, but we'll work it out. And in the meantime, I want to call us to gather tonight with this prayer taken from Walter Brueggemann in his lovely book of prayers, Prayers for a Privileged People, as so many of us are. God of the seasons, God of the years, God of the eons, Alpha and Omega before us and after us, you promise and we wait with eager longing, amid doubt and anxiety, with thin patience and doubt, we wait because you are the one and the only one. We wait for your peace and your mercy, for your justice and your good rule. Give us your spirit that we may wait, faithfully and with discernment, caringly and without passivity, trustingly and without cynicism, honestly, and without utopianism, grant that our wait may be appropriate to your coming, soon and very soon, soon and not too late, late but not too late. We wait while the world groans in eager longing. Amen. So welcome again. Uh, Yeah, we're here in the second week of talking about time and revelation, and we are going to talk very well, talk, we're going to sit in Revelation tonight. Adam's put together a lovely set of contemporary songs to frame some readings in Revelation. We realized as we got together with staff and a couple of our lay folks that are curating this season together that many of us may not have read this book at all, or certainly not recently. And so we wanted to, early on in this series... Um, just sit and read it together. And so that's how we're going to spend the bulk of our time tonight. I think it will be very impactful. Um, but before we do that, wanna, yeah, just, I want to do one big community announcement I know, um, and then we'll have yeah, a little bit more after we get our kids on their way. But um, There is a Durham Can Rally coming up this week. And this is coming off of the $95 million housing bond that's coming up in Durham that we're voting on even now and also uh, definitively. What is the actual voting day? Is Is it next week? November 6th. So all that's going on right now, Durham Can has been in really close negotiations with particularly Mayor Shul around this housing bond, in particular seeing... Um, how the organizing that they've done on Fayette Place, one particular tract of land on Fayetteville and Old Haytai, will fit or won't fit into this $95 million housing bond. And Can is very interested in seeing Fayette Place move up the timeline um, and actually had some very disappointing conversations with the mayor about that within the last week and are having now at the mayor's committed to come to meet with a group of Can representatives Um, from across the organizations to say, well, what is his plan? If it's not going to be part of the housing bond and the way CAN has requested, what would that be? So this is a really important public accountability action to which Emmaus Way has pledged 12 people. Um, And we really want to get those. If you, I think Tim Wooten would be a good person to reach out to. 
for details about that. It's this Wednesday, the 30th, at 6.30 at First Chronicles Church, which is in Old Haytai. I don't remember the address right now. But we'll get that email back out. It went on the weekly this week. Would really love to see 12 can people, or Emmaus Way people at this can thing like we committed. This is a big one. And a tense one. Like, there's some real grit and tension here. So, um, any other announcements? I have another big one. Um, sorry, from way back. I don't know if you were about to say this, but I just wanted to put on the radar. We have Ecclesia coming up on November 10th. Um, and we're going to start it in the first half. Um, and I just want to ask everybody to try and make a priority to be there because we're going to be talking about um, sort of, we're going to be kicking off the, the search process for a new pastor. And this will be an important one. Uh, early conversation point for people to weigh in and, and give their thoughts about um, what they think our community needs and what they would like the search team to consider. Um, the search team has, team has not yet been formed, so if you feel the spirit moving, you can come see me. <laughs> but hopefully by then we'll at least have some of the search team yeah, thanks, Kyle. I, I had forgotten about it. And that's the 10th in the first hours of starting at 4, right? That's correct? Yes. And, and yeah, when Kyle says a pastor, we, for those that are newer, um, Rhodey, for the last couple of years, our pastor working primarily with children, has moved on to work in Texas about a month ago. And so, yeah, we're in early conversation about figuring out how we might use that as an opportunity to bring in somebody new and who that person should be and how they would fit and all those sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, very impactful conversation to be started. Uh, with that, I'm going to have, Adam, are you going to help us do this song again? Yeah, but let's do it at acapella. Okay, let's do it. You're going to just, you're just going to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Lend your voice. Oh, the time will come up when the winds will stop and the breeze will cease to be breathing. Like the stillness in the wind before the hurricane begins, the hour that the ship comes in. And the seas will split and the ship will hit, and the sands on the shoreline will be shaking. Then the tide will sound and the wind will pound, and the morning will be breaking. And a song will lift at the mainsail ships, and the boat drifts on to the shoreline. And the sun will expect every face on the deck, the hour that the ship comes in. Then the sands will roll out a carpet of gold, for your weary toes to be a touching. And the ship's wise men will remind you once again that the whole world is watching. We're going to get into that one. That's going to be rousing by week six. It's a commitment. And I'm going to send you an email with a link to the song, too. All right. So that's our community song as we think about things breaking in. And we're going to send our kids off to talk about creation. I heard some, like, creating of human beings happening early on in our first half. And so... Send them on to think more about that, as we thought about a lot 
in our first season this fall was a backpack, a medal, all sorts of stuff. Uh, a Beyblades. Mm. This is all going on the podcast. So I don't think I said, um, if you're new, I'm Ben. I'm a pastor here at Emmaus Way. Um, I'm on staff alongside Elizabeth, who's headed upstairs there. And also Molly, um, who is my pastor, our pastor of Emmaus Way, kind of the central figure that holds us together. And as many of you got word of this afternoon, we sent out an email around one. Um, This was a weekend in which Molly and her husband James had hoped to be announcing to us, those that they haven't already, um, that they were happily and healthily 13 weeks pregnant. Um, But on Friday, they discovered based on an ultrasound that their baby bean, as they've been calling it, has either significant chromosomal abnormalities or a congenital heart defect. And the doctors performed a biopsy there right away on Friday for the first rounds of testing, and Molly and James are now waiting for results of that testing um, in the coming weeks. A lot is unknown right now, and it is clear that whatever path is ahead, the choices to be made are not easy. Molly and James, though, are praying and holding on to hope that whatever is going on, their child will survive and live a happy and a full life. And also, it's a shock because two ultrasounds, um, and up until Friday, things looked completely normal. It's clear that lupus actually had nothing to do with this. Nothing else they did or didn't do seemed to have anything to do with this. They are part of the statistic for a couple their age that one in 12,000 could receive this news and now they have. And so Molly is not here today as she's taking this week off from Emmaus Way. She's actually in Winston with family, hers and James. will probably spend some of this week with her family in Tennessee. Um, And we'll be away at least this week from Emmaus Way, maybe a bit longer depending on how news unfolds. There's a couple of timelines. One is some initial results that'll come back in the next day or so in terms of what kind of genetic um, indicators there are and then more definitive results will come towards the end of this week. And so they have asked um, for your prayers, your love, your hope, your support. And they've also asked that you email rather than text or call this week as they try and create some space alongside family and to process and to think and to grieve. Um, and Elizabeth and I will be t- with touch with them through the week um, and we'll keep you up to date as we start to learn more information. And as I've said in an email today, and I'll say again, hear me say, hear us say, Elizabeth and I as people on staff, I know there are many others here who would love to sit with you, love to sit with you and talk about how you're processing this news and where it hurts and what it makes us think and what it makes us hope and to pray with you and to hope with you. So we're here for all of that and want to move that into a practice we were planning to do anyway, which is to pray in each week of this season to name and to open a prayerful space about what's breaking in in our midst. And we, we decided to do this because we thought as we're sitting with Revelation, this very challenging, like off-putting, rich imagery, but like, whoa, what's going on sort of text. We wanted to ask this question, what's breaking in, because we're taking that text with us into a world where we need to be awake and alert 
for things that are breaking in. Amidst empire, against so many good reasons to assume fates are locked in, where can we see something else, something otherwise, some old thing cracking open and some new thing breaking in? It's not a simple bid for cheery sentiment here. Inbreaking can be good and hard news at the same time. Losing some sense of something we've invested deeply in can be a loss in and of itself. And so we're going to pray to turn ourselves in the direction of asking for the way of things that is so broken to be swept aside, of giving thanks for the glimpses we already have of new things being given and breaking in and praying for a vision to see in the midst. Um, and we wanna do that individually. And so this is set up to create a space for you to speak aloud something that you've seen, um, to give thanks or a prayer for vision of what you'd like to see. And then we have a communal response where we'll collectively say we watch, we wait, we hope to say that whatever we see and whatever we're hoping for and whatever is breaking in, we will meet it together. So I'll begin with a couple of my own and then I invite you to chip in some responses and we'll communally respond and I'll close us in a minute or two. So pray with me. God, wherever you are present, life breaks in with a beauty that captures our hearts and a fragility that takes our breath. And as we wait alongside our siblings, James and Molly, we mourn confusion and uncertainty that surrounds your gift of life to them. And we ask for clarity and provision and comfort. We watch, we wait, we hope. Savior who entered to us as a human child and a human womb, who showed us the way to be among and for in the worst of times, I thank you for the glimpses, even this week, of how deeply our simple compassion for each other moves us and moves this world. I pray that it may be so more in more places and always. We watch, we wait, we hope. God, I thank you for my cousin who has opened his home to a refugee in Minneapolis. And I thank you for his generosity. It's a difficult situation now, and he needs your wisdom to know what to do. We watch, we wait, we hope. God, we thank you for the churches and people who support those coming out of prison and help them try and figure out life, how to make it through life. Holy One, whose coming we await, you invite us into the light of your presence. Illumine the dim places of our hearts. We are thirsty for our, your compassion. Draw near to us and fill us we may pour out your love to all who hunger and need it. Amen. Well, thank you, guys. Um, I want to say a few things about what we were planning to do this evening and we're still going to do. 
which is to musically frame some readings that take us through this book of Revelation. I want to name, as Molly named last week in her homily dialogue opening on this book, that this was a text that was given to people in the midst of empire, in the midst of desperate need to see a new thing breaking in. This was not a later, maybe, get us out of here text. This was a what will God do, what could God do right now in the midst of what is most broken text. And so, acknowledging all that and the ways that we've read and misread this together through all my many years, through all your many years, we wanted to try and create some space to hold it alongside some more contemporary apocalyptic thought and language and to maybe listen to it anew, listen to it differently, listen to it um, with an eye towards in these next four weeks where we might find some sense of mystery, some sense of love, some sense of justice, some sense of breaking in. And we're going to do that, and we're going to come back after the passing of the peace, and we'll be reading. Marie's going to help me read some of these delightful passages, and Adam has songs, and Mike is really good at playing, yeah, filling musical space in beautiful ways. And we're excited about doing this together. But before we do that, I'd invite you to pass the peace to each other. Greet somebody you haven't talked to. Mourn and celebrate with somebody you haven't touched tonight. And grab some snacks, which are lovely. Thank you, Joy. And we'll be back here in a couple minutes. I, John, your brother, who share with you and Jesus the persecution and the kingdom and the patient endurance, was on the island called Patmos because the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. We didn't sleep too late There was a fire in the yard All of the trees were in light They had no faces to show And I saw a sign in the sky Seven swans, seven swans, seven swans Seven swans, seven swans, seven swans Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me And on turning I saw seven golden lampstands And in the midst of the lampstands I saw one like the Son of Man clothed with a long wood robe and a golden sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white as white wool, white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined as in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and in his face was like the sun shining with full force. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. 
But he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead. And see, I am alive forever and ever, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Now write what you have seen, what is and what is to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven lampstands, the stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the lampstands are the seven churches. I heard a voice in my mind I will try, I will try, I will try I will try, I will try, I will try After this, I looked, and there in heaven a door stood open And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this At once I was in the Spirit, and there in heaven stood a throne, with one seated on the throne. And the one seated there looked looks like Jasper and Cornelian, and around the throne is a rainbow that looks like an emerald. Around the throne are twenty-four thrones, and seated on the thrones are twenty-four elders, dressed in white robes, with golden crowns on their heads. Coming from the throne are flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne burn seven flaming torches, which are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne there is something like a sea of glass, like crystal. We saw the dragon move down. My father burned into coal. My mother saw him from far She took her purse to the bed And I saw the sign in the sky Seven horns, seven horns, seven horns And I heard a voice in my mind I am Lord I am Lord I am Lord He said I am Lord I am Lord I am Lord He said I am Lord I am Lord I am Lord Around the throne and on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first like a lion, the seventh, second like an ox, the third with a face like a human face, and the fourth creature like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and inside. Day and night without ceasing they sing, Holy, holy, holy the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall before the one who is seated on the throne and the worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne singing, you are worthy our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. 
He will take you if you run. He will chase you. He will take you if you run. He will chase you 'cause he is the. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, "Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals?" And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found. Worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, "Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that we can open the scroll and its seven seals." Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb standing as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song: "You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God." Saints from every tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. Cause he is the. Fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature call out, "Come!" And I looked, and there was a pale green horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed with him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, famine, and pestilence, by and by the wild animals of the earth. I see the sign. I see the sign. I 
the seventh seal there was silence in heaven for about half an hour and I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them another angel with a golden censer came and stood at the altar he was given a great quantity of incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar that is before the throne and the smoke of the incense with the, prayer of the, with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Son of the judgment sign of the judgment the sign of the judgment the sign of the judgment oh hey lord time draws nigh and i saw another mighty angel coming down from the heaven wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head His face was like the sun and his legs like pillars of fire. He held a little scroll open in his hand. Setting his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, he gave a great shout like a lion roaring. And when he shouted, the seven thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up what the seven thunders have said. Do not write it down. Two tall angels, two tall angels, two tall angels, two tall angels, oh hey Lord, time draws nigh. Then the angel whom I saw who I saw standing on the sea and in the land, raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it. There will be no more delay, but in the days when the seventh angel is to blow his trumpet, the mystery of God will be fulfilled as he announced to his servants the prophets. Dark clouds rising, dark clouds rising, dark clouds rising, dark clouds rising. Oh, hey, Lord, time draws nigh. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea having ten horns and seven heads, and on its horns were ten diadems, and on its heads were blasphemous names. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. 
and the dragon gave it his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have received a death blow, but its mortal wound had been healed. In amazement, the whole earth followed the beast. They worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who can fight against him? Who's gonna ride him? Who's gonna ride him? Who's gonna ride him? Who's gonna ride him? Hey, Lord, time draws was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God blaspheming his name and his dwelling that is those who dwell in heaven also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them it was given authority over every tribe and people and language and nation and all the inhabitants of the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb that was slaughtered. No hiding place, no hiding place, no hiding place. No hiding place. Oh, hey, Lord, time draws nigh. Let anyone who has an ear listen. If you are to be taken captive, into captivity you go. If you kill with the sword, with the sword you must be killed. Here is a call for the endurance and the faith of the saints. Come out the corner. Come out the corner, come out the corner. Oh, come out the corner. Oh, hey, Lord, time draws nigh. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority. And the earth was made bright with his splendor. He called out with a mighty voice. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Well, sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go and tell that long-tongued liar Go and tell that midnight rider Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter Tell him that God's gonna cut him down Tell him that God's gonna cut him down Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great It has become a dwelling place of demons A haunt of every foul spirit Every foul bird Every foul and hateful beast for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxury. 
Well, my goodness gracious, let me tell you the news. My head's been wet with the midnight dew. I've been down on bended knee, talking to the man from Galilee. He spoke to me in the voice so sweet, I thought I heard the shuffle of angels' feet. He called my name and my heart stood still when he said, John, go do my will. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on. For a long time, sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so that you do not take part in her sins, and so that you do not share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her inequities. Render to her as she herself has rendered, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double drought for her in the cup she mixed, and she glorified herself as she glorified herself and lived luxuriously. So give her like a measure of torment and grief. Since in her heart she says, I rule as a queen, I am no widow, and I will never see grief. Therefore, her plagues will come in a single day, pestilence and mourning and famine, and she will be burned with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who judges her. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, God will cut you down. Sooner or later, God will cut you down. And the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, the great city, Babylon, the mighty city, for in one hour your judgment is come. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet, all kinds of scented wood, articles of ivory, articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, choice flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, slaves and human lives. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you, and all your dainties and your splendor are lost to you, never to be found again. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time, or sooner or later, God will cut you down, sooner or later, God will cut you down. The merchants of these wares, who gained wealth from her, will stand far off, in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, the great city, clothed in fine linen, and purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls. For in one hour all this wealth has been laid waste. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, oh, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, God will cut you down. Sooner or later, God will cut you down. And all the shipmasters and seafarers, sailors, and all whose trade is on the sea stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? 
And they threw dust on their heads, and they wept and mourned, crying out, Alas, alas, the great city, where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth, for in one hour she's been laid waste. You may throw your rock and hide your hand Working in the dark against your fellow man But as sure as God made day and night What's done in the dark will be brought to the light You can run on for a long time Run on for a long time Oh, run on for a long time Sooner or later God will cut you down Sooner or later God will cut you down Rejoice over her, O heaven, you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, With such violence Babylon the great city will be thrown down and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and minstrels and of flautists and trumpeters will be heard in her will be heard in you no more. And an artisan of any trade will be found in you no more. And the sound of the millstone will be heard in you no more. And the light of the lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were magnates of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in you was found the blood of prophets and of saints, and of, and of all who have been slaughtered on earth. Go and tell that long-tongued liar, go and tell that midnight rider, tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter, tell him that God's gonna cut you down, tell him that God's gonna cut you down, tell him that God's gonna cut you down. And then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the sound of many waters and like the sound of mighty thunder peals crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. To her it has been granted to be clothed with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Cause he is the Lord Cause he is the And the angel said to me, Write this Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. 
But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your comrades who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Where are we? And where do we? And where will we finally trade our teeth? Praise of to lay and sleep underneath. Oh, love, too eager to cross. Oh, love, we meet and you pause. Oh, love, too eager to cross. See what you've lost. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them and they will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. The crazy streets Amazing grief The taste offerings the blazing heat naked beasts great barriers And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, 
the polluted, the murderers, the fornicators, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And in the spirit, he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. It has the glory of God and a radiance like a very rare jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. It has a great high wall with 12 gates, and at the gates 12 angels, and on the gates are inscribed the names of the 12 tribes of the Israelites. On the east three gates, on the, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city has 12 foundations, and on them are the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Oh, love, too eager to cross. Oh, love, we meet and you pause. Oh, love, too eager to cross. You see what you've lost. And then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. For the Lord, the God of spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. See, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. The waves at night All brave and bright The dance hall lights Of all your light To lay in weep to trade our teeth to aim and achieve grace and peace. We're going to move right into our song of confession. which is a little bit of a change in tone, but <laughs> but a beautiful song for tonight, I think.
Don't the hours grow shorter as the days go by? You never get to stop and open your eyes. One day you're waiting for the sky to fall. The next you're dazzled by the beauty of it all. When your lover's in a dangerous time. When your lover's in a dangerous time. These fragile bodies of touch and taste. This vibrant skin, this hair like lace. Spirits open to the thrust of grace. Never a breath you can afford to waste when your lover's in a dangerous time. Oh, lovers in a dangerous time when your lover's in a dangerous time. Oh, lovers in a dangerous time when your lover's in a dangerous time. Sometimes you're made to feel as if your love's a crime. Nothing worth in heaven comes without some kind of fight. Gotta kick at the darkness till it bleeds daylight. Lovers in a dangerous time. Lovers. In a dangerous time When your lover's In a dangerous time Lover's In a dangerous time I gave my hands to the fates And they took me around They showed me the seven wonders The sights and the sounds There was a man with cinders for eyes there was a girl with a dress made of flies And there's a reason There's a reason And it's love that's tearing them down And it's love that it turns them around Say it is so
I'll be very disappointed. (laughs) In this time, in this place, having sat with this peculiar book, there's a particular scene from a movie that was coming to mind for me this week. And it's a director I like a lot. The movie in particular is called Take Shelter. Michael Shannon plays a man who started having visions of an apocalyptic storm on the horizon. He has a lovely wife and a young child, and all of a sudden, though, these apocalyptic visions take over, and he starts building a bunker, and he starts separating himself from the people that he knows because what he has seen, what he cannot unsee, is taking over his every waking moment in life and relationship. And there's a point, to spoil it, not a total spoiler, I will, the, the end is, I won't give you the end. But there's a point in the middle where he shows up at this church potluck supper and this is in like a rural sort of Midwestern-y, Southern sort of a place. And he breaks in, he sort of gets into a fight almost 
And he says, listen up, there is a storm coming like nothing you have ever seen and not a one of you is prepared for it. You can sleep well in your beds, but if this thing comes true, there ain't gonna be any more. And nobody knows what to do. They can't handle it. They weren't ready for that at the church potluck. And I bring this up because I wonder if the question, the question he's asking is, what, if you've seen what I've seen. But the question he doesn't ask that I think is the real question is the real question of this text for me tonight. And it is, can this space hold a me that has seen what I have seen? I think that the people reading and writing that needed a text like this were asking, have you seen what we have seen? And they were also asking, is there a space that called in us that has seen what we have seen? I would venture to say you're going to go out this week into the belly of some beast or another. You're going to feel compelled to write or not write something by some force beyond yourself, you're gonna find yourself in the middle of a Babylon that you will have to spend your week moving in and around and feeling. I venture to say that we are gonna find maybe somewhere in the glimpse of that a new heaven and a new earth. And the question that we could ask is have you seen what I have seen? But a question, a better question, that I think we can ask and answer for each other tonight is, is there a space that can hold a me that has seen what I have seen? As bad as it can be, and as good as it can be, is there a space like that? And we can answer yes. Because we come around this table every week, accepting the fullness of what you might have gotten a glimpse of this week, good, bad, ugly, apocalyptic, And we say, here is a table and a community and a space that is ready to meet you in that, that will not be appalled by it, but that will hold you in it. I think that's the story we're being invited to in this table. And I think over the next four weeks, I hope that is some sense we can wrestle out of this revelation text of what is it to find spaces and stories and narratives that own up to the reality of what darkness we have seen in the world and show us something new breaking in. This table is that for us tonight. It's a table of a God that has entered into the most intimate suffering of of our life together and said, I am with you in that and I will redeem you in that and I will bind you together in that and there is love and life hope as surely as you can gather with each other and accept bread and accept wine or juice and say the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you, the love and the light of Christ here in our midst in spite of all that you have seen, a space to hold everything that you've carried with you here and set out tonight together looking for something new and different breaking in. That's the table I invite you to tonight. That's the space that's here for you tonight. You're welcome. Welcome to the table.